Hello, and welcome to JCC Primetime Podcast, all the entertainment news in the U.S. and Canada. And in tonight's episode, kicking off Season 3, here on Primetime Tonight, going over the 1994 World Cup USA, which is perhaps one of the most well-known World Cup editions, due to being one of the biggest gambles the FIFA organization has ever done, and most successful so far. And let me tell you why. But before we do, the latest entertainment news today, starting off with film with Disney now streaming Artemis Fowl on Disney+. Plus. However, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 10%, which I don't blame them. It was so boring. I almost fell asleep when I watched it, and so I decided to watch some Netflix. Then, la- then in video games, PlayStation revealed their newest console, <clears throat> the internet router. I mean the uh, PlayStation 5 or PS5. And then last in sports with the NBA and MLS coming back near the end of summer at Orlando, which I can't wait to see how it goes down. And we all know in the NBA, the Toronto Raptors are going to win it all again this year. Anyways, that's it for entertainment news today on the show. And make sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JCC Primetime Official for all the latest entertainment news in the U.S. and Canada. And that's it. Now back to the show. Here in America, as we all know, soccer slash football is not number one. Not now. Not then, not anytime soon, especially with the MLS not having promotion and relegation. But we don't need to go there. It's first American football with the NFL, then basketball with the NBA, hockey here in the U.S. and Canada with the National Hockey League, and last but not least, Major League Baseball. I know what you're thinking. Out of any country in the world, how did FIFA allow the U.S. to host the most prestigious event in premier sports history? Well, it's not that hard, actually, if you think about it. It's due to two factors, opportunity and influence. Starting off with the influence part of it, the goal for FIFA, as any organization like any other, is to expand, and FIFA's goal to bring to soccer to the U.S. was a must due to the lack of soccer culture and tradition in the area at the time. FIFA wanted it all. Due to little to none influence of the sport on a major scale, FIFA gave the, right, gave the U.S. the right to host the 1994 World Cup with the goal in believing that the U.S. would potentially switch over to soccer if they had hosted the most prestigious event that soccer had to offer, which that didn't happen, as we all know. As well as FIFA needed the U.S. Soccer Federation to form and sanction a Division I soccer league in order to form and grow the soccer culture in the area, which if you remember in my last couple of episodes in Season 2, I was talking about the origin of the MLS and how FIFA allowed the United States to host the World Cup on one condition, which I'll leave a link in the video down below. But the main reason being... Is here is that a professional soccer league was to be formed since the last soccer league in the U.S., which was the NASL, a.k.a. the North American Soccer League, folded 10 years prior to the MLS and definitely, to the ni- definitely before the 1994 World Cup. But back to the influence part of it, which leads to the opportunity on FIFA's original plan on why they let the U.S. host the World Cup, which was the massive market value, of course, which was later proven in the end of the World Cup to be one of the most successful World Cup editions in terms of revenue, making $1.45 billion, making it the most financially successful World Cup at the time, based on the nine American football stadiums used for the tournament, were at maximum occupancy, as well as the most, most of the stadiums used took place in the major downtown areas of the country, being in nine cities, which were Dallas, Texas, Foxborough, Massachusetts, Chicago, Illinois, Pontiac, Michigan, Washington, D.C., Pasadena, California, etc. With all that being said, the 15th edition of the World Cup in 1994 was played with a total of 24 countries across 
the globe from a total of five soccer federations from June 17th all the way through July 17th, with six with five new countries making their debut in the World Cup for the first time being Greece, Nigeria, Saudi Arabia, and newly formed countries following the end of the Cold War, which was the the newly unified journey, <laughs> newly unified journey. <laughs> Germany, man, I'm getting my words wrong today, and Russia following the collapse of the Soviet Union, forming two new soccer teams, making their World Cup debut. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Now, for the time being of this video, we'll be focusing on the 1994 USA men's national team and overall record in the tournament, having to deal with the pressure of this year's World Cup as the host nation, facing off against 23 other members within six groups being placed in Group A along with Romania, Switzerland, and Colombia. And then it all began in June 18th of 1994. History will be made when the United States would face off against Switzerland in the first World Cup match to be played in an indoor stadium at Pontiac, Michigan, at the Silverdome, home of the NFL's Detroit Lions. I'm not going to say anything, but it kind of sucks when your stadium has more glory and success, when your team has not once made it to the Super Bowl. Anyways, the U.S. would tie against Switzerland 1-1 one -one with forward Eric Wynalda, I'm probably not saying his name right, would tie the game at minute 44, just a couple minutes after striker George Breggy, probably not saying his name right either. I mean, what are they going to do? Demonetize me? Probably shouldn't say that because the next thing you know, my video will get demonetized on YouTube. So YouTube, please don't do that to me. Thank you. Anyways, they scored at minute 39. So you could imagine the game that day when over 73,000 people were at the Silverdome that day. Then on to round two in Pasadena, California at the Rose Bowl when the U.S. would then face off against one of the favorites in the World Cup to win, Colombia. Man, you can imagine the pressure the U.S. would be facing as the host nation against one of the favorites in Los Angeles with over 93 fans attending the max occupancy of the Rose Bowl. And in, in the comments, I know it's Pasadena, but it's in the Los Angeles area, so deal with it. And also, no pressure, man. It's just Colombia, right? Then at mid-35, the beginning of the end would happen for Colombia. When Colombian center back Andres Escobar would score an own goal for the U.S., then at minute 52, U.S. midfielder Ernie Stewart would score making the game 2-0. And in the final minutes at minute 90, Colombian striker Adolfo Valencia scored ending the game 2-1, with the U.S. winning the game at Pasadena, Pasadena that day. Now, now to the last game of the group stage when the United States faced against Romania once again at the Rose Bowl. Man, I mean, it couldn't have been anywhere else. I mean, you could have gone to Washington, D.C., New York, even Dallas, Texas. But I mean, I guess. Wouldn't want to see two games in a row in Pasadena. Another victory, right? No pressure. It's Romania. Nope. It was 1-0. I'm not even going to go into the details of that. You Google that one yourself, guys. I'm good. Oh, and by the way, I meant to say 93,000 for the Columbia game against the U.S., so yeah. And the United States men's national soccer team would qualify for the knockout stage, placing third in Group A with one win, one tie, and one loss. With Switzerland having the same results and Romania placing first with two wins, zero ties, and one loss. And then in last place, Colombia only having one win, zero ties, and two losses. In the knockout stage, however, would be the end of the United States' run when they would face off against the eventual champs, Brazil, 1-0 at Stanford Stadium when Brazil, when Brazilian forward Bebeto at minute 72, ending the U.S.'s run in, in the 1994 World Cup. Even though the U.S. didn't move forward in the World Cup, 
the team will leave a lasting legacy that will forever change the face of U.S. sports, contributing to the growth of U.S. soccer culture within our country, forming the MLS, Major League Soccer, after fans showed great interest within the sport at a major level due to the product of the U.S. men's national soccer team in the 1994 World Cup run. And would later form developmental soccer camps within the U.S. to help boost soccer morale in the, into the younger generation. And to this day, it is the reason being for the hosting of the 2026 World Cup based on the successful additions of the U.S. and Mexico's runs in the past. Can't wait for 2026. It's not like 2022 is going to be all that special since FIFA is allowing Guitar to host the 2022 World Cup in the hottest place possible on Earth during June and July. But it's FIFA. What do you expect? In the end... It will leave a lasting legacy and chapter in U.S. soccer history. For more on the 1994 World Cup, you can visit the National Soccer Hall of Fame dedicated to all U.S. soccer in Frisco, Texas, with, a, with historical memorabilia in regards to the history of U.S. soccer. Or go on, online at FIFA.com or on the U.S. Soccer Federation on their take of the, of the 1994 World Cup. That's it for tonight on Primetime. Thank you and good night. That's it for tonight on JCC Prime Time. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're on for my latest episodes and follow me on Instagram JCC Prime Time Official and on Twitter JCC Prime Time for the latest entertainment news. Thank you guys for listening and good night. That's it for tonight on JCC Prime Time. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're on for my latest episodes and follow me on Instagram JCC Prime Time Official and on Twitter JCC Prime Time for the latest entertainment news. Thank you guys for listening and good night.